The British people have spoken and the answer is, we're out. Very, very well. You're not honestly. very well, are you? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. Everything's fine. Welcome, Sustainababble listeners, to Sustainababble. This is your friendly little environment podcast all about people and the planet and how come it's all so confusing and horrible. And this is episode 54. And what we're going to talk about this week, all is... Is... Yes... Brexit! It's Yay. brilliant! We've Brexited! I'm so happy! I'm so yeah. excited! Me, me too! Yeah! This is this is great! Uh, it, literally the best outcome! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna we are upbeat, sometimes funny podcast, and we we're determined to be upbeat and sometimes funny about this upbeat and oh, quite god. funny outcome. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Other lesser podcasts would no doubt be gloomy and um, and miserable and all the rest of it, but not us. Not us. Not us, Dave. What's that banging in the background, Ol? Have you got a pole tinkering with your pipes coming over <laughs> here, stealing our jobs? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, funny you should mention that. Uh, apologies in advance, listener. We've got the builders in, and that means that you're going to hear the builders in this podcast um, because we've got some lovely builders around doing some lovely building. Uh, they are actually, uh, uh, well, they, they sound um, like they are English born and bred. Excellent. Um, Sturdy chaps, so... <laughs> upright fellows, doing their best to maintain British glory, sending foreigners back with their tails between yes. their legs, recapturing Britannia. Exactly. Wonderful, sturdy fellows. Exactly. Recapturing Britannia one live wire at a time. <laughs> Um, so, very good, Dave. Let's crack on with it. No silly puns. Um, cue the music. But before we do all the usual disclaimers, because we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views, although often in some cases actually shared by our employers. So if you do have any issue with anything we're about to say, probably best if you take it up with us, or Nigel Farage, or David Cameron, or Boris Johnson, or Michael Gove, or any of them gits, but don't take it up with anyone that we work for, yes? Yes, very good. Right, let's boldly go where the European Union won't be going anymore. Okay? Alright. So, in half time, this is the bit of the show named after a senator in America called Jim Inhofe, who is a dipstick. Yeah, he bloody is a dipstick at all. Why is he a dipstick? He's a dipstick because he thinks climate change isn't real because is. there's still snow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we thought he's such a dipstick, and he's quite an important um, dipstick in America, uh, that we'd name a whole section of the show after him. So, this is Inhofe Corner, into which this week we are putting another dipstick. 
Um, who is it this week, Dave? Well, we are rather spoilt for choice this week. And in fact, if you went, <laughs> yeah. if you went back through the archives of Inhoff Corner, all the way back in the previous 53 or so episodes that we've had in Hoffs, you would find an awful lot of people who we have previously put in Inhoff Corner for being Inhoffs, including people like Boris Johnson, who also thinks that because there's still snow, climate change isn't real. Um, but no, yeah, this he's actually, he's actually written that down. Yes, he? he has actually written that down. I'm, I'm sitting here looking out of my window in February and there's more snow on my flower pot than I would expect. Therefore, I conclude that climate change is not... Unbelievable. Um, but it's not him. I mean, we're going to come to Boris Johnson, but it's not him. It's David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Two it is. Yes, I'm a bit worried that the beat machine might um, have a rather difficult time of it this episode. Uh, David Cameron, Davy, Davy Cameron, husky now... hugging, <laughs> tree loving, modernising David Cameron. Imagine everyone thinking you had sex with a dead pig, and that not being the thing that history is going to remember you for. <laughs> yes. Old Hammy Cameron is uh, is not going to be remembered for that moment of intimacy, but he is going to be remembered for being the first man to lead a country out of the European Union. He is Mr Brexit, the great gambler that got it horribly wrong. He bet the house on black and the country fairly emphatically said red. Any more people on this island, we're going to sink. There's too many people here. We're a dustbin. We're a dustbin for foreign people. And all our resources are pushed to limits. Schools, hospitals, NHS, everything. The thing is, is our country so small as it is, I think we should be concentrating on our children. I don't like being controlled by someone that is not elected. I think there's too many restrictions on us. I think we're losing our identity quite a bit. It's not just about immigration, it's, it's about the jobs in this country. We can say who comes in, how many come in, and what type of people come in. I don't like the fact that unelected bureaucrats have got power over what goes on in this country. What's the point of making rules here if they're going to get changed in another country? Because I think you've been dictated by Brussels. Simple as that. So, just in case, through some miracle of happenstance, perhaps you don't live anywhere near Britain or the European Union, perhaps the only way you interact with the outside world is through sustainer babble, in which case you must wow. have some imagine, serious... Imagine <laughs> what sort of person that would create. <laughs> I know. That could be the first of our, our, our army. There must, be pe- there must be people out there who worship us as gods. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, anyway, what on the... What make them do? Oh, the power. <laughs> this is how it starts, isn't it? You get drunk on the power. What's happened is, oh, we've gone and there was a vote. And there was a vote on whether or not the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and Gibraltar um, should <laughs> yes. should uh, remain a member of the European Union. And most people thought that it would vote to say yes. And it had voted to say no. That's it. It is a thing. We are leaving. We are going to leave the European Union. It is going to happen. Isn't that weird? Yes. Isn't that really, really weird? Like, despite this campaign having gone on for months and 
you know, the polls being close and everything. The polls, the pol- the polls can go away. Too close, it All the Romanians <laughs> can go away as well. Everyone just go away. We're fine on our own, not talking to anyone. Um, yeah, despite despite the polling companies saying for a long time it was going to be quite close, I never really, it turns out, I never really no. believed this would happen. And I am in shock. And a lot yeah. of people I'm talking to who admittedly are, you know, in my narrow little bit of the world and probably think the same things I do largely, not all of them, I hope, but uh, some of the same ones, they are in shock too. Um, and I... I just can't really believe we're saying phrases like we have voted to leave the European Union. It, it's mind-blowing. So here we are. So this is an environment podcast. Um, so oh, yeah. what should we say about the environment bits of it? I mean, there's a lot, right? But I'll tell you what, I'll level with you all about a thing um, and the thing is that I don't actually of all of the stuff that is terrible about Britain leaving the European Union which in my personal opinion is a considerable amount mm. the environment isn't right now at the top of it it's not to say we can talk we you know, let's go on to talk a bit about why it's bad for the environment but uh, it didn't it wasn't the environment wasn't a thing you know people haven't gone and voted against the environment have they that's not no, no, I mean, you, well, you didn't think so. I mean, that little clip we played just at the beginning of this section was was fairly standard repetitions of the Leave campaign's lines, which is, um, you know, take back control, no more bureaucrats in Brussels, make our own rules, all of the rest of it. Um, the environment wasn't there. And I, well, I'm glad you said that, because um, that's pretty much how I feel. I'm not actually that gutted right now, principally because of the impact on the environment. I'm gutted because... I'm really, really worried about what sort of divided, fractured country the United Kingdom is becoming. Mm. And I'm really, really worried for the growing trends around racism, prejudice, rejection of tolerance, um, isolationism, the horrible, horrible tendency to think that ultra-simplistic solutions are the right way to deal with actually quite complicated problems. I'm really scared by the reaction from other kind of far-right parties in the rest of Europe saying, right, we want a referendum now. Oh, God. Uh, this, no one ever said the European Union was perfect. Obviously, it's not perfect. It's a massive clunking beast. It's not going to be perfect. What the hell is perfect? But I'm, I'm not comfortable with the idea that it's going to disintegrate and we're going to sort of potentially turn our back on no. on all the progress in my view so that's the stuff which is scaring me and to be honest the fishes and the you know beaches and stuff which we'll come on to are not the things that are currently making me come out in a cold sweat um the the, the beer is also doing that but um you know <laughs> yes you had you had several pints of something to make you feel better yesterday didn't you Yes, British pints of British beer for British people. (laughs) So, right, we had, back in episode 42, we interviewed Sam Lowe, who is a campaigner who had spent a very long time telling people that if you like the planet, you should go and vote to stay in Europe, right? And I imagine that Mr. Sam Lowe right now... Uh, is not feeling very happy about it. And some of the things we talked about were nature. Remember we talked about nature? 
I remember talking about nature, yeah. Well, nature's nice. Nature's nice. And, yes. and Europe had loads and loads and loads, still has loads and loads and loads of laws, which we helped sodding well right in the first place, which says, look after your nature, you bastards, right? Yeah, protect your special, what is it, triple SIs they're called, aren't they? It's yeah. areas of special scientific um, significant interest or something. Sites yeah. um, of special scientific interest, that's what it is. And... Uh, it's good for acronyms, the Europe, isn't it? It you doesn't, it doesn't mind an acronym. <laughs> it doesn't mind an acronym. So you've got, you got your A, O, N, Bs, areas of outstanding natural beauty. Uh, what other things? All, all these other... The point is, lots of special places protected because they're important habitat or um, very beautiful uh, or, or little, you know, reserves of green, um, which have been protected by Europe. And presumably, what's going to happen? They, they're not going to be protected anymore? Well, they're we gone? don't know. Things that we don't know. We don't know. Is somebody right now building a multi-storey car park on top of the newts? Is well, that what's happening? Possibly. We don't know, do we? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, go back and listen to episode 42. We don't need to go into it in colossal depth now. But all, here are some things that we don't know now what happens, right? We don't know what happens with the thing called the Birds and Habitats Directive, which was a thing that protected birds and habitats, right? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what happens with climate change and renewable energy. We still have laws in this country for now, but loads of it was governed in the short term by the EU so we don't know what happens with that we don't know what happens with the fishies we don't know what happens with farming subsidies we don't know what happens with anything what we've been and gone and done is taken this big infrastructure of stuff that applied to the UK and made all our laws on the environment pretty much all the good ones anyway most of them anyway some of them you know delete as applicable um, and we've taken a load of them out but we don't know well, just like all of it we don't know we don't know we've been and gone and done something mental and we yeah. don't know what it means so, yeah, exactly. And, the, you know, the Remain campaign were trying very hard to frame this as a leap into the dark. And they got criticised for, for that being kind of fear-mongering and scare-mongering. But it is a leap into yes. the dark. We do not know what's going to happen. No. Nobody does. And you've even had this bizarre spectacle of people already going on the telly saying, oh, had I known that it was going to turn out like this, you know, with like the pound dropping through the floor and all the rest of it. I might not have voted Brexit. I, I regret it. It's like, what? If you're one of those people, if <laughs> you're listening to this podcast and you voted to leave the European Union just for bants, just for just jokes. To, just to kick someone Just to, just to just tell everyone how annoyed send you Send a message And then you've someone. woken up in the morning and you've gone on Google and you've thought, oh, I better check out what that thing I actually just voted for. Did you see, though? The, yes, the, 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 yes the, the, this is the worst thing ever. The Sorry second, to interrupt. No, it's Say fine. It. The second highest search term on Google from the United Kingdom in the last 24 hours has been, what is the EU? EU, i.e. <laughs> since people went and voted on whether we should stay in the EU or not. What, what is that thing I what? just told the country not to that? be in? What's, what's oh, that thing? That's a, oh, actually, that sounds all right. What do you do uh, today, Gavin? Oh, well, I voted to leave the EU. What is that? Not sure, Patricia. Let's look it up, shall we? <laughs> oh, it turns out it's the home of most of our decent laws on the environment and a protector of women's maternity rights and all of our basic economic strength. Bugger. You don't want to do whatever you're doing. What is it precisely that you are doing? Well, I'm just about to test the trigger of my new loaded shotgun while simultaneously licking out a small speck of dust from the barrel with my tongue. Shut up and let me go. This hurts, I tell you so. For the last time you will kiss my lips. Now shut up and let me go. Your jeans were once so clean, I bet you... So, all right, OK, now, shut up and be sensible for a minute. So is this all bad news? 
Easy to all bad news. So some bits of it. Here's here's a thing. I'm I'm gonna mm. genuinely try and look at some bits of it that might not be so bad. Right? Ready for okay. this? Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, okay. The there is a thing called the Common Agricultural Policy. Play the Common Agricultural Policy musical. It is. Oh, I feel those cap beats. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, uh, the cap, the common agricultural policy. Pretty. Can you, can, are you sensing my greening column? Am I sensing your growing column? What did you say? The green, green, <laughs> greening. <laughs> Isn't there a? There are columns of payments under the cap, and one of them is like a greening column. Oh, it's not. Move on. <laughs> subsidies. So, subsidies for farms. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, desperately needed in order to keep farms profitable. Without European farming subsidies, farms would go under um, because of all of the way that food is forced to be cheap otherwise, mm. right? And uh, your common agricultural policy basically no longer applies. So we're going to have to work out from scratch in the UK how we subsidise our farms, whether we subsidise our farms and what we require, you know, what those subsidies do. And there's been this huge, I, I, you know, I, I do not understand the technicalities of the CAP. Um, and I'm trying well, to get I don't think anyone does. It. Well, I know. I think that's part of the problem. It is, it's this enormous, complicated behemoth yeah. of, of money swilling around. And the, and the sums are astronomical, aren't they? I mean, George Monbiot is good on this. Have a, have a read of him. He's a sort of professional very eloquent shouty person in the guardian but he's been banging on about the the, the cap for ages and, and you know the the amount of money if you want to talk about you know british taxpayers subsidizing subsidizing scroungers the amount of money that we funnel into aristocrats to pay them for having land not for having farms this is a really important distinction we pay them just for owning land is eye-watering um so and there are a lot of campaigners who for a very long time have been saying we need to get rid of the common agricultural policy or to completely redo it and have made precisely no headway. So I wonder whether some of them are going, do you know what? This isn't the worst outcome so, if we get well, to do this properly. Yeah. Well, you know, that's true. Maybe. Although um, it comes back to something again in episode 42 when we were talking to Sam and, and he was making the point. He said, look, in principle, and he's right about all of this. There's, there's no, the, all of the people who wanted Brexit and would say why, uh, you know, from an environmental point of view, it's not the end of the world. People like Michael Liebrich, who mm. is a, uh, a money bags, isn't he? Money bags, right leaning um, money bags, environmentalist sort of chap, right? Um, who, uh, basically said, don't be ridiculous, Brexit will be fine because all of the stuff that comes out of Europe is bad on the environment, as in, you know, clunky and doesn't work properly, and all of the stuff, you know, if, if we get out, we can do it better, basically, right? Um, mm. And But that rather depends on the benevolence and the environmental mindedness of the people making the policies, right? So exactly. what I'm going to ask you to do as a thought experiment now, Ol, is oh, imagine no. what sort of laws on the environment you think Boris Johnson... And Michael Farage. Michael Farage? Oh. Is that some some bastard love child of Govin Farage? <laughs> that, oh, God. Oh, my brain, <laughs> I can't help. I think I think we might have just broken help. the internet. <laughs> oh God, I can't. Oh. Nigel Farage. Oh. 
Imagine, imagine what sort of envi- <laughs> imagine what sort of environmental laws Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage would make. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think you know these people who've gone around saying that all of this stuff is a you know is flim flam shilly shallying that climate change is, is made up? Do you really think they're going to invent a new system of farming subsidies that gives payments to being green? Do you really think yeah, that's going to happen? Yeah. Do you really think they're going to get rid of all of the renewable energy directives and stuff coming out of Brussels and replace it with better ones? You really think that's what's going to happen? Because if you do, I put it to you, Michael Liebrich and assorted other people, I put it to you that you are wrong. So there's two things I wanted to ask you, Alt, and then we can oh, yeah. put this whole sorry business to bed and go on to talk about, you know, happy beavers and things again. It's um, one, <laughs> yeah, I'm delighted to talk about happy beavers. It's one of the things you want to ask me, um, would you like a nice cup of tea and a sandwich and a cuddle? Because that's what I want. Would you like a nice cup of tea and a sandwich and a cuddle? Yes, please. Oh, come here. Oh, that's better. Thank you. I wanted to ask you a couple of things, right? Some controversy. So, do you think that this is going to lead to a massive economic crisis? And if it is going to lead to one, does that is that in itself bad for the environment? That's thing number one. Mm, it's not really good for people, is it? No. Uh and that's probably more of a relevant question. You don't really want any economic downtime. I think there's often quite... There's a temptation among green people to go, well, thank God economic activity is reducing because then we'll have, you know, less pollution. Well, that's what <laughs> you said. Including noise pollution from... <laughs> that's what you said about the steel industry back in episode 51, didn't you? You said that they should all be... Back in episode 50, you said it should all be shut down because that would be good because then there wouldn't be economic activity and that's good for the planet. That's what you said. No, I, no, I did not yes, you say did. that. Yes, no, you I did. didn't. Listeners no, can go I didn't. back and listen. Yes, no, I didn't. Did. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. What I, no, I didn't. What I said was, still is a hugely... That industry is a very, very energy-intensive industry and therefore very polluting. Yes, so we and should therefore, so, No, so that we're going to have to have non-polluting industries if we're going to not pollute our only planet. Uh, that doesn't mean we're not going to have industries at all. I'd like the people in... Why am I defending myself? I said all this in whatever episode it was. Just go and listen to it and ignore Dave. So I don't think a big economic downturn is a great idea, really. Um, I think it would be nice if economic growth could be uncoupled with environmental degradation, but Christ knows how you do that. So my next question is a little bit... Well, it's not so much of a question. It's more a kind of... Um, opinion right which i'm going to oh, put to you God. and my opinion so right i don't i don't really want to say what i'm about to say because i don't think i think it but if i could direct my anger at any particular section of society right now obviously leaving out the obvious bastards you know the rupert murdoch and the and the people who told lies and the people who came mm. out the second well, that doesn't narrow it down. no but you know what i mean <laughs> there was a lot of stupid statistics and lies and propaganda used by yeah. powerful people who've yeah you know, obviously they're the bastards here right but, yeah but if we leaving that aside you know who i'm so cross at old people oh oh I'm tell so, me about it so i mean i everyone's entitled to a vote and i'm not sure you know that your vote should count any more or less if you're older but we're talking about something here that i was reading a thing that said 
if you assume it's going to take the best part of 10 years, right, to actually in practice unpick all of the connections that we have to the EU and stop all the subsidies and reframe our laws and, you know, extract ourselves and commitments and all of that stuff, if you assume it's going to take that long, something like 15% of all of the people who just voted for Brexit have a very high statistical chance of being dead, <laughs> right? Um, and overwhelmingly young people, i.e. the people whose future has now been determined by this, the people who are not going to be able to go and build careers and love lives and happiness in other countries as easily as, as the generation before, they overwhelmingly voted to stay. Yeah. Right? Um, and the reason this is relevant is because you see this all the time. You see it with climate change. You see it with all of these things that we talk about on here that are inherently about long-term solutions where, you know, you need people to be voting not for what will happen to them right now, but what will happen to the generation after them or to the world that their grandkids are going to inherit. Um, but yet it's, you know, the voice of people who are more likely to vote, who are older, who are more conservative, who are scared, who have narrower horizons, and I don't mean any of that necessarily as an insult, it's just a fact when you get older, crowds it out. And I don't know if we just don't need to do something about that. What do you think? Ooh, what are you advocating? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, is the this, people have talked... Is this talked... something to do with sort of Switzerland and clinics <laughs> and stuff? No, it isn't. It isn't. I'm not proposing opening up big holes in the ground underneath old people and putting them in, right? But I... There's got to be some, there has to be some way, at the very least, here's a very benign way of doing it. Could we have something in, that could some, some permanent minister established in the government, some permanent bit of law that has an active duty to make to, to consider what will happen for future generations? In Wales, right, um, that they've got some law that's been passed called a Future Generations Act. Yeah, I was which, just going to uh, say. Yeah, yeah, which actively requires policymakers in Wales to consider the impact on future generations. I mean, that would be a start. It wouldn't have done nothing about Brexit, but it'd be a start. It would be a start. It'd be a start. But I, I completely share your um, frustration at this, and I I know it doesn't make for very good podcasts when we're in violent agreement. But I am in violent agreement with you. Uh, I, yeah. And what? Well, I'm not. It's I, I suspect. All I wanted to say, I want to be clear about this. I, I suspect that when I calm down a bit, I'll think differently. It's just that I'm really cross about it right now. That's all. Well, I don't know. And uh, there are a lot of people saying we shouldn't be cross. And that, you know, you just have to understand that a lot of old people are very scared by the pace of change in the world. And this was, in their view, a way to slow that pace or, or even reverse it. But but I was very heartened um, because I got an email from my dad, who I'm sure he won't mind me saying is an old person. Um, he's older than me, which, um, you know, is important. And it's fun father father uh, uh son relationship but he's he's considerably older than me he's 73 years old um sorry dad um looks a lot younger but uh he sent me an email in which he said the following phrase i have an awful sense that the dinosaurs and the ill-informed brackets ignorance and skewed ideas not entirely their fault and failed by abject leadership close brackets have betrayed this country's younger generation and left it a very uncertain legacy and that is, I think that's true. And it's nice to see an old person saying that. But I just don't understand why suddenly this huge mass of old people feel comfortable voting entirely in self-interest. Like, if 70% of 25 to, of 18 to 25-year-olds voted to remain, surely some of the older people should have been talking to those people and understanding what it meant for them and then going, okay, well, 
like you say, Dave, I'm probably not going to be alive to see most of this Brexit stuff played out. Therefore, I'm going to vote in the best interests of my grandchildren or children who are. And it's it's just really frustrating. And you are these are largely the same people who hate wind farms. They are the same people who don't like the idea of climate change because back in the day there was cold winters and I remember some sun at some point. Therefore, it's all a conspiracy. And they are the people who don't like the idea of vegans because it's scary and they're weird. And I just... Just sod off, old people. That's basically what I feel. It's not charitable. It's not nice. And there's a lot of old people who get a rotten deal, isn't there? You know, they're lonely old people and young people like me don't do anything to help. And, oh, I don't know. I'm just, Where am I going with this? I'm I just cross know. and upset. It's just, it's just... I'm just upset at everything. And, and yeah, well, look... Sorry, Yerp. We love you anyway. Sustainababble will continue to love you, Yerp. Uh, you are still welcome here. Oh, play the play the warm Yerp music. Oh, okay. Oh, I've been waiting for this. And I will always love Yes, that's what we want. Mm. Sustainababble will stand with you, Yerp. We shall do all that we can to maintain the love of the young British environmentalists for a wonderful, happy, European solution to... Oh, I can't do it. Oh, too upset. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, that's it, yeah, really. That's it. Uh, regular, anything else. Sorry. Not <laughs> regular listeners to, uh, <laughs> to Sustainable will be wondering what's happened to Sustainable of the Week or um, Anti-Inhoff of the Week or Reasons to be Cheerful. But Or Arabella. Or um, Arabella. Yeah, poor, um, poor I Arabella. imagine Arabella is currently working up her manifesto for an independent Scotland, which I, if you, are, if you want to make money out of all this, put money on Arabella being the leader of an independent Scotland within, I don't know, 10 years yes, uh, she was unlikely to do it before she's 16 within 20 years <laughs> Arabella will be in charge of the independent republic of Scotland I, I reckon Arabella will be trampling all before her within the next 5 years and I'm going to make sure I'm 10,000 miles away from it whenever it happens <laughs> thank you as always to the uh, wonderful Dickie Moore for the music that starts and ends and intertwinkles this podcast thank you to everyone who decided to vote to stay in the European Union and if you didn't you can sod off Yes, sod off 17 million people with whom I fundamentally disagree and come for a cuddle and a sandwich the other 16 million of you. Um, if, if you do want a little bit of cheering up, um, we're going to play something frankly wonderful and, and bizarre at the end of this. <laughs> you're completely only, unrelated you're only to everything. Past me because we... I'm in a funny mood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> weeks and weeks I've been trying to get this in. And also, this is a special little treat for uh, Friend of the Babble. 
uh, Rosemary Harris, who does listen occasionally um, and has been saying for ages, when are you going to stick this in? Um, so we're sticking it in now for no other reason that it puts a smile on our face. Well, also, I suppose, too, um, I have been allowed my um, more than my fair share of militant vegan propaganda in the last few weeks. So this is partially to redress the balance as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the, the bye from the builders. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the various interjections. Sorry about that. We'll be back next week with um, the more standard fare and we'll be pretending everything's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's going it's to be fine. It's totally fine. Why wouldn't it be fine? Everything's going to be fine. It's, nothing can possibly go wrong. No. It's fine. I mean, there are, no, there are no times in history when economic hardship and insecurity made it not fine. So no, 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 no. And like, you know, populism has never led no, to no, any no, kind no, of no, no, anything no, bad no, or it's fine. murderous. It's fine. If you gain weight from too much chow, I will never call you a cow. I respect you and cows. Don't use cow as an insult. If you eat every single fig, I will never call you a pig. I respect you and pigs. Don't use pig as an insult. Animals are innocent. Don't be speciesist. Never use the name of an animal as an insult for a human. Animals are innocent. Don't be speciesist. Never use the name of an animal as an insult for a human. If you avoid thoughts that are deep, I will never call you a sheep. I respect you and sheep. Don't use sheep as an insult. If you get scared and your pulse quickens, I will never call you a chicken. I respect you and chickens. Don't use chicken as an insult. Animals are innocent. Don't be speciesist. Never use the name of an animal as an insult for a human.